Welcome to Sidebars, Kilpatrick Townsend's limited podcast series focused on women in patent law. I'm April Isaacson, a patent litigator and partner in the San Francisco office. And I'm Kim Davis, a patent prosecutor and partner in the Atlanta office. We're here to discuss the gender gap in the patent bar and have candid conversations with female patent practitioners on their career paths. Hey everyone, I'm April Isaacson. Welcome to the first episode of Sidebars. And I'm Kim Davis. I am so thrilled to be able to say welcome to the first episode of Sidebars. We're thrilled to have this opportunity to present a podcast series specifically created for women in patent law, particularly women who are members of the patent bar. We are a rare breed. Get ready for a journey this season as we share stories of phenomenal women in patent law, many of whom are first, or in some cases, onlys. Today, we want to tee up what this season will look like and outline how we arrived at this point. April, do you want to start and share how we became connected? Absolutely, Kim. Thank you. For me, coming back to the firm was really a homecoming. I had been at a predecessor firm that was called Townsend and Townsend and Crew and made partner there in 2004. So it's very near and dear to my heart. And when I first came over to the firm and thinking about integrating and collaborating with other attorneys, the co-leader of Kim's practice group, Matthew Hinch, specifically told me, you have to meet Kim Davis. So what I did was the very first person that I reached out to was Kim, and we set up a virtual coffee break. And it kind of just went from there. And I'll let you take it from here, Kim. Absolutely, April. I remember that moment well. So let me give you a bit of background first. We were anticipating the moment of your arrival since I would say late summer. It was shared with our group where we have a dynamic team coming on board. April Isaacson, she's a phenomenal litigator. And of course, we did our homework, right? So on the back end, all of the team members are Googling and researching and your background is so impressive. Um, listeners, I assure you, you will have an opportunity to hear April's full background when we interview her and, and get ready. It's a great one. But during that discussion, you asked me a question, April, and I don't know if you remember it, but you looked at me and you said, Kim, you're going to become a partner in just a few months. At that point, I was elected partner, but had not started. Our partnership begins January 1st for new partners. What do you want to do with your practice? And that question, it, it seems to be a very simplistic question, right? That you would ask anyone, but no one asked that question. Everyone, you, you just, it's business as usual. You're a prosecutor. This is what you do. Keep your head down and keep at it. You encouraged me to take in the moment and really be deliberate in defining what I wanted to do. So I want to thank you for that. And from there, I mean, the relationship, it was an instant connection, and it's one that has continued since. We started off speaking maybe once or twice a week, I would say, and that has now turned into multiple times per day. And by text and everything in between, weekend updates with, and, and not all business related either on a very personal level. So there's a very authentic connection there. So from that, of course, and as all of our listeners know, 
you want to work with people that you like. In April, you had the brilliant idea, and I'll let you talk some more about the blog and and how you came up with that great idea, but to do a collaboration between the prosecutors and the litigators in forming our own biopharma blog, where we could provide industry updates to our clients and, and others in the industry who want to know what is going on in the case law. Yeah, for me, when I knew that I was going to come back to the firm, I thought, what a wonderful group of individuals with an amazing amount of experience and expertise. As we all know, who work at the firm, many of us have advanced degrees in our technical field and have worked in the lab. And so for me, thinking about having a blog where not only could we show the subject matter expertise, but it also give us this fantastic ability to collaborate across different groups. And then quite frankly, have to learn new things and get our writing out there. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to work together. Of course, it's helpful for business development. But for me, working with you and some other people in your group, it was just a great opportunity to collaborate. So I looked at that and thought, let's do it. And of course, you were right on board with me. And when I caucused with people, people were showing enthusiasm for it. And then I asked you if you would please be my co-leader and co-executor in chief, because I just thought being able to collaborate with you on that extra level was just going to be a great opportunity for us, for the firm, and just for our clients. Agreed. So as a part of our roles as co-editors of the memo blog, we both review updates in patent law quite diligently every day, pretty much. We we spend the first, I don't know, hour or so of our day making sure we're kept abreast of new developments. So one Friday, we were on the phone discussing the lineup for the blog, I believe it was. And, and I mentioned, hey, did you see that write-up in Law 360 about the patent office's response to the Senate inquiry? He said, indeed, I did, Kim. So that was very, very interesting. April, what was your take? I had a very unique take on it. What was your take when you read it? My take was a few things that were really interesting to me. If you look at the December 2020 letter that was from Senators Hirano, Tillis, and Coons to the director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, specifically asking that he address issues related to institutional gender bias and gaps in the patent bar. It cites to an excellent piece by Mary Hannon, who is a patent practitioner herself and a law student. And as a matter of fact, one of the references she cites to is by her own Kate Gaudry. Um, And we will put her piece as well as the letter in our show notes. I also looked at an ABA article that was extremely interesting that was written back in September of 2020, where it noted that 21.8% of the members of the patent bar are women. I took the patent bar back in 2002. So then I was interested in looking at historical data. And I found another piece that went back to 1970 and looked at the percentage of women who are members of the patent bar. And for 2002, when I took it, the number was in the low 20s. So really, in 19, 20 years, nothing had really changed. 
which really struck me that over that course of time, we have the same percentage of women who are members of the patent bar as we we did back in the 80s and early 2000s. So it made me start thinking about it. And then I reached out to you. We talked about it on a certain level, but then I was thinking about it on another level because I knew that you had gone to an HBCU. I had gone to one of the Seven Sisters Women's Colleges. So I thought perhaps we have a different take on this than would be the ordinary patent practitioner. And we started talking about it and having a little bit more of a dialogue. And I'll let you talk about how you perceived the article when you first saw it. Absolutely. So when I first read this article on the response to the gender gap amongst practitioners, I asked myself, here was my first thought. So why aren't these senators now using this opportunity to address the race gap? So that same article that you mentioned, April, that um, September 2020 article from the ABA. Here's the quote there. The average USPTO registration for racial minorities since 2000 has hovered around 6.5%. And that's not female minor, female racial minorities. That's everyone, men and women together. So that was my first thought. But then my second thought was one that became more thoughtful based on our discussion about the underrepresentation of women. So, so I was a bit curious and started digging. I ran across that same stat you mentioned in the ABA. Um, but then I realized that maybe the reason I didn't immediately respond the same way I responded about the racial gap was because Kilpatrick has provided to us such a unique environment. So when I joined Kilpatrick, we have three teams per se for the patent prosecutors. We're divided by technical area, by technical expertise. When I started at Kilpatrick, all three of those teams were co-led by women. And even now, two of the three teams are co-led by women. Also, when I started, our firm's managing partner is a dynamic woman, a patent litigator who, when she walks in the room, you, you feel her presence. Let's say that she's dynamic in every level. And I know you have quite, um, the experience with Susan. And I'm speaking of Susan Spaith. From the moment that I met Susan, there was an interest, if you will, but a very, a, a very um, authentic interest in my career in making sure that I progressed. Every moment that I ran across her, she gave me small lessons that I had no idea were lessons until I really reflected on the moment. So for instance, one time she was in the Atlanta office. She stopped um, in my office to say hi. That moment of saying hi turned into an hour-long conversation. Me being a very young associate and Southern in every way. So we apologize for even existing, right? So we're, <laughs> we, we just apologize by virtue of being there. And after that hour long conversation, I said, Susan, I am so sorry for taking up your time. She stopped me right there. She said, no, you do not apologize for spending time with someone. You thank them for their time and you move on. Little lessons like that, that 
you wouldn't get from everyone, that everyone wouldn't take the time to deliver is what she delivered. April, you've known her for much longer than I have. Have you had any of these experiences with her? I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, it's funny. The first day I started at Townsend, uh, I was almost literally chased down the hall by Susan Spaeth because she wanted me to work on a claim construction brief with her and another female partner. And that's really where our relationship began. I worked on several cases with her. And like you, Kim, she was in the management of the firm back in the time frame when I was there and really is a trailblazer. But to your point, she's an authentic person who truly mentors. And I know when I was considering coming back to the firm, she could not have been more supportive of me. And as a matter of fact, she's also really encouraged me to think about certain female associates within the firm and mentoring those associates and really doing what we can to make sure that we kind of have the rising tide lifts all boats type mentality when we're thinking about the sisterhood of these female patent attorneys. I absolutely love it. She has instilled within us a spirit of mentorship within the firm as a whole. Um, there are countless mentors that we can each uh, speak to. I'm sure the, the list would just go on and on, but it's her leadership that allowed for that. The reason we spent this time speaking about Susan is just so we can frame that our experience is so different in terms of what we've seen women achieve that we feel it's on us to make sure that others know about the possibilities within patent law for women. We want students to know about this. We want high school students even to begin to know that patent law is an option for them and females have a great amount of success in the industry, no matter what the stats say. We believe it to be more of an an issue of mentoring and exposure versus ability, which is contrary to what you'll see if you Google um, expanding the patent bar. Some have equated expanding to lowering, which is a completely different topic that we'll have to spend a, a whole session on <laughs> and discussing how wrong that is on every level. Speaking of rising tides lift all boats, we are launching this podcast on International Women's Day. And that choice is very intentional. We choose to challenge the gender gaps in the patent bar, and we will be interviewing women across generations to discuss their unique career paths. I remember 1975 as a child and seeing women's marches all over the world. And that year was International Women's Year. And it was the same year the UN began celebrating International Women's Day. In these future episodes, we will interview fearless female patent practitioners celebrating their achievements, discussing their different career paths, and sharing what drives them. So we hope you will join us for each of our episodes this season, where we will dissect these topics and shed light on the issues that April just mentioned that, that tend to be unique to women in this space. See you next time when I interview my co-host, Kim Davis, who will bring her unique perspective and, as I think you've already heard, Southern charm as she discusses her career path and how she found her seat at the table. Thank you for joining us today. 
If you enjoyed Sidebars, we invite you to check out the Kilpatrick Townsend Medicine and Molecules blog at kilpatricktownsend.com to read, watch, and listen to other related insight on patent law. We'll also put that information in the show notes. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and are not those of Kilpatrick Townsend. Also, we would love it if you would rate us or leave a review. It helps others find the show. See you next time.